It feels like every week there's another vicious attack on Jews in New York City. And in fact, it doesn't just feel that way, but that's the reality, sadly, tragically. And some of these attacks are pretty brutal. And the question is, is it getting worse under Mayor Eric Adams in the past few months? Are the local politicians in New York City doing anything to stop this? Why are these attackers not getting convicted? Yes, a lot of them are not getting convicted. We will get to all of that in a moment. Also, I've got a bunch of clips to play you. Dr. Fauci got a clip of him contradicting himself on lockdowns, the man of science. The White House press secretary, she's always good for a laugh or two. And we've got a clip of Al Gore blasting climate deniers. What What is a climate denier, by the way? I mean, I, I don't deny the climate. I mean, uh what, what does it mean exactly to deny? Like, do you not, does that mean you deny that the climate exists? All right, but as from Jews, we need to wake up and we need to realize that New York City is very unsafe right now for Jews. I mean, New York City is unsafe for everybody. And let's be honest, it's because of the Democrats. It's because of the woke DAs who are funded by George Soros. Well, this week, uh, Dove Heikind, the former assemblyman, led a rally in New York City in front of the office of DA Alvin Bragg, and uh, Heiken released a new study. And the number of anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City is pretty staggering. Now, I want to mention, uh, the Heiken study, I believe, covered, you know, he really did a full, like, analysis, and it covered uh, the years 2018 to 2021, which actually was before Alvin Bragg took office. So I I think it was more symbolic that he was doing it in front of Alvin Bragg's office, because we know that Bragg is very, very light on crime and on criminals and has uh, created this this culture, this pro-criminal culture in New York City. But I don't know that Bragg is the one to blame specifically, especially a lot of the anti-Semitic hate crimes take place in Brooklyn, not Manhattan. But either way, these thugs are not getting prosecuted. They're getting released from prison. Um, and look, just the last few weeks, there have been some horrific attacks. A Crown Heights man, a from Crown Heights person in Brooklyn, um, was a was brutally beaten uh, in front of his five-year-old son. He basically was driving and, and, and inadvertently dented another car. And the uh, occupants of the other vehicle, um, these minorities, they just – came out and just brutally beat him. He was hospitalized, and there were no arrests made in this attack for weeks. And look, I'm sure that they finally arrested one of the three uh, attackers, and I'm sure by now he's out on bail. There was another brutal attack very recently of a from Jew on a subway, and I believe that attacker is still walking the streets. That was very, very terrifying. It was on the E-train, a group of young men uh, entered the subway, and one of them was doing a flip, and he stepped on the foot of this from Jew of this victim, which caused the man to grimace in pain. So then this African-American man who had d- done the flip, he turned to the victim, and he says, stop recording me. Give me the phone, you Jew. So I guess what happened was, not clear to me from the story, but pretty clear that what happened was uh, this victim was taking a video of the attack, and uh, as he has every right to do, and uh, the man says, stop recording me. Give me the phone, you Jew. Without warning, then he suddenly punched this man in the face, which caused blood to gush out of his lip. And if you look, there are pictures of this man's injuries. They are very, very, ugh, just horrific to look at. And then on the way out of the car, of the train, the attacker then said to the victim, if I had a gun, I would shoot you. And according to Dove Hyken's study, listen to this. This is staggering. Since 2018, DAs have secured just one conviction for anti-Jewish hate crimes. Can you explain that? That is just It's almost inexplicable. It's startling that New York City DAs since 2018 have only secured one conviction. There have been literally thousands of anti-Jewish hate crimes. Now, part of the reason is they do plea bargains and all sorts of other things, but I don't care. I mean, that's just – 
it's inexcusable. It's it's incomprehensible. And by the way, as Heiken points out, these attackers, they're not white supremacists. I mean, obviously, we all know that. But now Heiken has the data to prove it because there is going to be this media narrative, this narrative on the left that, uh, you know, Trump somehow uh, created all this anti-Semitism and the anti-Semites are white supremacists. I mean, are there are there white supremacists in other parts of the country, neo-Nazis, etc.? Who are anti-Semites who are carrying out assaults? Sure, once in a while, but you're talking about in New York City, this is rampant. This is an epidemic. It, it happens literally week after week, and it ain't white supremacists. It's minorities who are who are doing these attacks, um, these anti-Semitic attacks on Jews. And the real quest- question is, when is the Jewish community and the from community going to wake up and start, you know, supporting Republicans like Lee Zeldin, who has pledged to fire Alvin Bragg? Uh, like, like as soon as he takes office, if he in fact becomes the governor. I mean, it's time to start voting Republicans and it's time to somehow figure out a way to throw these DAs who are funded by George Soros, these woke liberal DAs out of office. All right. CNN has finally reported on the Hunter Biden laptop. Congratulations to CNN. They wake up here, uh, two years too late, almost two years too late. CNN has finally found out that there's a Hunter Biden laptop, which is extremely incriminating. And look, CNN, they're they're very often not the first to break a story. So this isn't a total shock unless, of course, it's like fake news about Trump, unless it's like some kind of like uh, bombshell related to Russia collusion. And then, of course, CNN jumps right on top of it. But the question is, why suddenly has CNN woken up now? We're going to get to that coming up. All right. The big news this week, we're officially... In a recession, the, while the White House says we're not a recession, the White House conveniently has changed the rules. They've changed the definition of the word recession. So amazing. Just as we were about to hit a recession, the White House changed the definition of recession. We'll get to that coming up. But first, I want to get to those clips. All right. Here's the first clip, a clip of Dr. Fauci. Now, we have two. We have, I have two clips here. We have a clip of Dr. Fauci this week saying that he never supported lockdowns, that he never recommended lockdowns. And then we're going to play you a second clip where a second clip where he clearly said that he recommended lockdowns. That was from a couple of years ago, co- contradicting the first clips. Listen to this first clip. I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again. Well, you know, again, it's uh, first of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're, you're asking me questions. You're talking about the CDC is the public health agency mm-hmm. that uses their epidemiologists and their science-based approach to make recommendations. So there you go. That is Fauci this week saying, I, I didn't recommend. You're talking about the CDC, but me, I didn't recommend. Well, then listen to this next clip. This is Fauci back in October of 2020, where he had a much more vivid memory, I guess. And uh, listen to this clip all the way to the end, where he clearly says that he recommended to the president to lock down the country. This was way before... There was a major explosion like we saw in the northeastern corridor driven by New York City metropolitan area. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. So it's just amazing. I mean, it's literally amazing. And this is not the first time that the man of science has contradicted himself. In fact, I mean, we know, of course, about the masks and, uh, you know, this and about vaccines and uh, so so many other things where Dr. Fauci, look, he's the man of science. 
I, I'm pretty sure science is not supposed to contradict itself like every other week. But I mean, he's literally saying, I mean, we have it on, on video. Like, this is like the man, he's done so many interviews. Like, what does he think he's going to go get away with it? But he is because the media, of course, is never going to report on this, the mainstream media. But uh, no, I never recommend the lockdowns. You're thinking of somebody else. Think of the CDC. Oh, well, I, I, and then back in 2020, yeah, I recommended to the president to lock down the country because now that he knows that, you know, according to many scientists, the lockdowns were ineffective. And of course, the lockdowns were extremely unpopular. Suddenly he revises history and gets away with it, kind of like the way he revises that he helped fund gain-of-function research uh, in the Wuhan lab in China. All right, let's go to the next clip. This is Al Gore, another man of science. Uh, you can't make it up. Uh, so Al Gore, of course, his big uh, movement, his big mission is climate change and an inconvenient truth. Here's Al Gore, and this is, this is egregious. He's saying that climate deniers are like the Uvalde Police Department. Listen to this clip. You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams. They heard the gunshots and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. And law enforcement officials tell us that's not typical of what uh, law enforcement usually does. And confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is not typical of what we are capable of as human beings. We do have the solutions, and I think these extreme events that are getting steadily worse and more severe are really beginning to change minds. We have to have uh, unity as a nation to come together and stop making this a political football. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. I mean, there are no words. There are no words. Al Gore, I mean, the man is so disgraceful. Just the, the fact that he could even ever say such a thing, even think such a thing and what he's really doing and look i don't want to get into Uvalde right now and that whole massacre we've discussed that at length the police the e egregious inexcusable incompetence on the part of the police and negligence and uh just a just a t colossal failure there on the part of law enforcement but al gore exploiting these poor children who lost their lives who perished i mean and totally diminishing their memory by drawing such a, a just an unspeakable comparison an unthinkable comparison Another clip, Al Gore was on ABC this past Sunday, and I want you to listen to this. Listen to this entire clip, and then I'm going to show you, I mean, how phony, how disingenuous Al Gore is. Listen to Al Gore talking about how we're basically incinerating the planet. Uh, and the accumulated amount now traps as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs. That's why the heat r records are being broken. Uh, all the time now. Uh, that's why the storms are stronger, why the ice is melting and the sea level is rising and why the droughts and fires are, are hitting us so hard and so many other consequences. And they're predicting now up to a billion climate refugees crossing international borders in this century. We have got to act. This is all, this is much of what you talked about in, I mean, for years, but, but certainly in an inconvenient truth. And we, we've heard from President Biden, he, he's called climate change an emergency. He's called it a clear and present danger. But he has stopped short from declaring a national emergency. What, what is your sense? Is it time 
for the president to declare that climate change is a national emergency? Well, Mother Nature has already declared it a global uh, e emergency, and uh, I'll leave it to others to uh, parse the, the pros and cons of what uh, uh, an, an emergency declaration would lead to. But there are other things. So listen to what he says carefully there. In the beginning, he talks about how we're incinerating the planet, how lit he literally says the words, the survival of the planet are at stake. So you have Al Gore talking about how like the, the planet is on the verge of being decimated. Right. And and. and Obviously, we know there are many, many scientists who disagree with Al Gore. There are many times where he has claimed certain things were going to happen based on his version of, of, of science, and it turned out not to be true. His predictions have been disproven many times, you know, talking about like different like cities being underwater by a certain time never happened. But look, here's what he says. Then they ask him, well, should the president Biden declare – should President Biden declare an emergency? Well, I'll leave it to others to parse out the pros and cons of an, of an emergency. Well, I mean – you literally are you are you serious? You're you're sitting there warning us, and that's because it's all politics to him, and he doesn't want to criticize Biden. But um, he's sitting here warning us uh, that that basically you know the planet is like on is on the verge of extinct of extinction. That's what he's been telling us for twenty years, by the way, and he continues to do so. Well, wouldn't you then say? I mean, literally from one minute to the next. Well, don't you think then it's an emergency? How can you how can you leave? How can you condone Biden not declaring it as an emergency? You're sitting here telling us, I mean, it, it, it's so disingenuous because if the reality is as he claims, then he should be – his answer should be yes, of course. You know, they ask him, Jonathan Carl, ABC, well, should Biden declare a national emergency? Well, I'll leave that to them to to figure – I'll leave it to others to parse out the pros and cons. The pros and cons, you're telling us – like you're sitting here telling us, guys, the world is 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 about to like explode. The world is about to disintegrate. Well, well should we declare an emergency? Oh, I'll leave that to others to figure out. What, are you kidding me? I, I, have you ever heard of anything so phony and so disingenuous? The other thing that bothers me, by the way, is Al Gore talking about we've had extreme weather. There's been like severe heat. There's been a lot of record-breaking heat in a lot of different countries. Every time there's extreme and, – and, and Gore is using that to prove that um, th th there's a global emergency. There's a global warming emergency. Why is it that every time there's uh, extreme cold – and that happens – not you know it doesn't happen infrequently. It happens every couple of years. There's extreme cold somewhere. They always tell us, well, that's the weather, not the climate. You can't bring a proof. It's the overall climate. It's the it, it, it's the temperature of the overall um, globe that matters, not any one given place. But okay, fine, I can buy that. But then when it comes to the heat, and they want to prove global warming, then suddenly, well, look at all this extreme heat. Look at the severe weather. Well, why then don't they use this? You know, use the exact same barometer of well, is it the weather, the local weather, or is it the climate? So you see how phony they are, and uh, you see the hypocrisy and how inconsistent they are. And, and, and in fact, it, 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 they're exploiting the, the severe heat basically to prove their point. They're basically manipulating the facts here because they twist the facts around. They don't care about the, the actual data because the actual data, they're totally inconsistent. They only care about advancing their uh, agenda, and their agenda is basically to eradicate big oil and uh, to, to eradicate fossil fuels. All right, uh, next clip. Here's a clip of White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who, by the way, was hired because of her race. She's an affirmative action hire. She was asked if President Biden, during his recent phone conversation with uh, Chinese President Xi, if Biden asked about getting to the bottom of the origin of COVID, COVID-19. Take a listen. Thanks, Green. Uh, on the phone today, did President Biden ask President Xi anything about getting to the bottom of the origins of COVID? Uh, so, 
The, on the origins of COVID, the two presidents uh, did discuss the health security and transparency is key part of that. Uh, as we have repeatedly said, the PRC is not living up to scientific and public health norms for data and information sharing. We have said this before, so that is nothing new. And we are the international community. We've said this needs more data. They need more information uh, to make clear the determination uh, uh, on the origins of the pandemic. We continue to work with our partners around the world to to press China uh, to fully share information and to cooperate with the World Health Organization. Organization. So this has come up many times I know it's before. Come up before, but it came up today. I'm just saying that the two president did discuss health security. That that did come up. Okay. Just amazing. I mean, no surprise there at all. And they don't want to get to the bottom of it. They want to help China cover it up, as we would expect. You you know, Biden's never ever going to bring that up with President Xi. All right. It's and especially considering that Hunter Biden and China, and by extension Joe Biden and China, are very cozy with each other. All right, so it's official. We're in a recession. Oh, but wait, we're not in a recession. We are. We're not. Let's change the definition of recession. Let, let, the White House wants recession to basically mean anything other than whatever we're in right now. And uh, here's the thing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you call it. This is the thing is you can call it. I mean, you know, you put lipstick on a pig and it's a pig, right? So you call it a recession. This is what's so comical about the White House. And it's really because nobody in the White House really cares about Joe Biden's legacy, other than maybe Joe Biden and Joe Biden, he's out to lunch, right? So number one, it's not debatable. We are in a recession. We're officially in a recession. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter because people, you could tell people, oh, this is the roaring 20s. We did it. We we examined, we spoke to um, economic experts, and it turns out we are uh, not in a recession after all. It's the roaring 20s. The economy is booming. People want to afford gas. They want to afford groceries. They know that they cannot afford rent. They know they cannot afford their monthly bills. So that's how dumb the Democrats think we are that, listen, don't worry. We'll just change the definition of recession and everything is good. But here's the thing. A recession, the definition is two straight quarters um, of the economy shrinking, two straight quarters of negative GDP growth. And that exactly what happened uh, this week. And I don't care if you start redefining the word. That's not going to change the reality. As I said, CNN has finally reported on the Hunter Biden laptop after nearly two years. CNN mentions the notorious laptop. And why are they suddenly reporting on this now? Well, look, there are two reasons. The obvious reason is because CNN and most of the mainstream media, they look at Joe Biden as such a liability. They finally want to sabotage Joe Biden. So now they wake up. You know what? When we were warning everybody about the Hunter Biden laptop back in 2020, the CNN ignored it because they were desperate. They would do anything for Joe Biden to be elected as he was. Now Joe Biden has become such a massive liability. Now they want to push him out. I mean CNN would love Joe Biden to announce um, that he's not running in 2024 before November. CNN and the mainstream media and many Democrats, they are so terrified of the looming bloodbath uh, in the midterm elections. They would do anything, anything to get Joe Biden – to announce pre-November, oh, by the way, I've decided not to seek a second term in office. I mean, because they think, and look, I, st- I don't think that would really matter too much in the in the scheme of things, but it would certainly help. It would certainly give a bump to the Democrats. Think about that. Think about that. Think about how bad a President Biden is. And we know how bad he is. Like, he's a disaster. That, like, it would actually help his party in the midterms 
to not seek re-election. It, it's un- I mean, Joe Biden, he's less popular than Andrew Cuomo. He's less popular than Anthony Weider. I heard somebody say Joe Biden's actually less popular than monkeypox. If you actually look at Biden's ratings and his numbers, and then you look at the monkeypox numbers, monkeypox is slightly more popular among voters than Joe Biden. You can't make this stuff up. But here's the other reason. The other reason that CNN decided to wake up and report the Hunter Biden laptop is because um, there's a report that came out recently that the DOJ is going to decide whether to indict Hunter Biden. Yeah, the, D- the DOJ is about to decide they've been investigating Hunter Biden on numerous you know, financial crimes and other sorts of crimes. And uh, they, they're planning to make some kind of decision. Maybe there'll be an announcement. Maybe they won't. Whether to indict Hunter Biden. Now, look, folks, don't hold your breath. It's not going to happen. They are not going to indict Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's a Democrat. Obviously, he's the president's son. Merrick Garland is not going to indict Hunter. But, you know, CNN is still covering their backs. It still obviously looks very bad that uh, the mainstream media, this is like the biggest bombshell the political bombshell in years that you have the son of the president who was being investigated, who, you know, a, a laptop was discovered that's totally incriminating of Hunter Biden on so many levels, numerous scandals, and they completely ignored it. So uh, they're worried. What if some kind of DOJ makes some kind of announcement about Hunter Biden? All right. Speaking of uh, the Biden poll numbers, there's a new poll that is just humiliating for Joe Biden. I mean, this is just a disaster. A, a new poll released from New Hampshire. New Hampshire, of course, is the first primary in the nation right after the Iowa caucus. And new poll in New Hampshire, Biden has only 16 percent support of New Hampshire voters, of New Hampshire primary Democrats, of Democrat voters, not New Hampshire voters. I want to be clear here. This, is, this poll was taken in New Hampshire among likely Democrat voters in the Democrat primary and Biden, Joe Biden has 16 percent support. Those 16 percent have to have their head examined. But he came in second place. Not only I mean, that is abysmal. I mean, those numbers are dreadful. But not only does he have such low numbers, he actually came in second place. It's unheard of for an incumbent, an incumbent president to come in second place in a New Hampshire primary among his own party came in behind Pete Buttigieg. By the way, Pete Buttigieg is not exactly a heavyweight. Pete Buttigieg, I mean, Buttigieg doesn't scare me one bit. I would give anything for Buttigieg, for for Trump or DeSantis or any Republican to run against Buttigieg. But like Biden, the incumbent, is at 16 percent. Buttigieg is at 17 percent. And by the way, Democrat candidates, once again, a very weak pool of Democrat candidates. Uh, You know, it's like a lot of the same names. I mean, you never know. Maybe somebody will come out of the woodwork. Obviously, they're talking about Gavin Newsom. The governor of California, California is just a disaster. Governor Gavin Newsom, I mean, COVID, I mean, the man was recalled. He ended up winning because the candidate who ran against him, Larry Elder, had certain weaknesses. But, I mean, Gavin Newsom has just made a total, just, he's, he's just ravaged the state of California. And um, he may end up being a front runner. He's still pretty popular. But, like, he, to me, look, I'm not saying he's the weakest candidate in the world, but uh, I'm not I'm not scared of Gavin Newsom one bit. But a uh, very, very weak pool of candidates right now for the Democrats. I mean, they, they may have to once again uh, rig another election. I mean, they may, they may need to do, you know, universal mail-in ballots, get, go, go to the cemetery, round up a lot of deceased people to cast their votes. All right, Steve Bannon. I want to mention this because Steve Bannon is being treated worse than anybody has been treated in years thanks to his association with Trump. Steve Bannon has been convicted. He's been convicted. He's appealing it, but he's been convicted on charges of contempt of Congress. 
And Bannon, this conviction may send Bannon to jail for two years. But here's the thing. You know the last time this has happened? You know the last time anybody who's been held in contempt of Congress has actually been convicted in court? Watergate. Watergate. This has not happened literally the last time. This has not happened since Watergate. The last time somebody has been convicted based on – many people have been held in contempt of Congress. I want to be clear. There have been many, many people over the last 50 years who have been held in contempt of Congress – But none of them have been convicted since the Watergate era. And you know who else was held in contempt of Congress but not convicted, of course? Eric Holder, who was uh, Obama's Obama's AG, Obama's attorney general. And, of course, that was – he refused to hand over documents in in the Fast and Furious scandal where they allowed these uh, guns, weapons, rifles, assault weapons to to be – literally end up in the hands of – um, drug cartels, Mexican drug cartels, and uh, they, Eric Holder and Obama, they never, of course, had to pay for that, or that was never even really properly investigated. Lois Lerner, IRS Gate, she was held in contempt of Congress. Janet Reno, she was Bill Clinton's attorney general. She was held in contempt of Congress. They were all Democrats, and they were never, ever even charged in court after they were held in contempt of Congress. But, of course, Bannon is a Republican, and Bannon was a Trump advisor, uh, an advisor in the White House. So Bannon has those two very big strikes against him. If you're a friend of Trump, then they will do things to you that they have not done to anybody literally since Watergate. And uh, and, and now Bannon may go to prison. Um, all right, I want to mention, you know, a lot of these Democrat mayors around the country are finally waking up to the massive border crisis. Amazing. Here we are. It's been a year and a half. We have millions and millions of people. Biden's open borders. Biden reversed Trump's border policies, remain in Mexico and all of that. Stop building Trump's wall. By the way, Biden has now announced he's going to be rebuilding parts of the of the border wall. So that's amazing. We'll maybe have more details on that in, shortly. But uh, these woke Democrat mayors, including Eric Adams in New York, Muriel Bowser in Washington, D.C., have finally noticed. Now, what made them notice that there's this massive border crisis? Well, it's very simple because it's happening in their backyard because they're being overrun. They're being invaded. You've got these the homeless shelters in Washington, D.C., New York City that are just being overrun, overwhelmed with homeless people. We told you about this. There are like welfare programs. There's all sorts of programs that the cities have for illegals and, and, and they're out of money. They're, they're literally going bankrupt. They, they, here they go. You know, when, when this was happening, it's unbelievable. They're so disingenuous because – when, when when Arizona and Texas was screaming at Biden, saying, please, you, you, our, our states are being overrun. And this is – you're letting millions of people open open up the borders, Biden. He uh, reversed all Trump's policies, and now you have millions of illegals flooding Texas and Arizona. And what did, what, what, what did these Democrat woke mayors say and woke politicians? They said, well, come to our city. We're, we're a sanctuary city. You're welcome to come here. Well, now that they've actually taken them up on it and, it, and now, now not in my backyard, one second. Uh, Eric Adams begging the federal government for help. Muriel Bowser calling in the National Guard. The National Guard? So amazing how, like, th- this is something that they promote and that they're proud of, being sanctuary cities, and then they wake up. And then, by the way, they're blaming Republicans, and it's not true, because Eric Adams blaming Republican governors. Turns out Republican governors did not send any buses of illegals to New York City. They did send a few to Washington, D.C., but it was very few, not enough to account for. I mean, she's calling it, Bowser's calling it a, a, a humanitarian crisis. That humanitarian crisis was created by Biden. It was created by Bowser herself because... She invited them. We're a sanctuary city. Come to us. And now she's calling in the National Guard. They create the humanitarian crisis, and then they can't handle it. The Republicans sit there 
begging them, urging them, please, this this makes no sense. But of course, it's all in the name of generating Democrat voters because either these illegals themselves will become Democrat voters or their children will ha- will become Democrat voters. But that's what this is really all about. I mean, it's just so outrageous. And by the way, now, you know, think about this. Biden is now sealing off some of the openings in, in Trump's border wall. Remember the evil, the immoral border wall, right? Judge Nancy Pelosi said that it's immoral for Trump to build a wall. Well, now some of those parts of Trump's border wall some of those, the, the some chunks of it have have um, broken down, need repairs, and guess who's repairing them? Biden is actually repairing them. Well, why would that be? Maybe because the November election is weeks away, and you got these Democrat voters who are freaking out about uh, all these 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 droves of illegals coming across the border, invading their cities. Um, all right, and finally, the UN has decided that the term monkeypox is racist. And here's what I say: I say that. Whoever claims that are, are the real racists. Anybody who said, like, what's racist about monkeypox? I mean, monkeys are animals, and monkeypox, that, that's the name of a, uh, of, a, of, a, of a virus, of a disease. By the way, you know, they, they think that calling it the Chinese coronavirus is racist. How about the Spanish flu? Is the, is the Spanish flu racist is, or, or not racist but xenophobic? Is it, is it anti-Spain? And I never heard anybody say the Spanish flu is anti-Spain, but you can't call it the Chinese virus. It's much more likely that China was involved in spreading the coronavirus than that Spain was involved in spreading the Spanish flu. And monkeypox, it's its just a term. A, a monkey is an animal. Um, what's racist about that? I, I, anybody to me who like conjures up racist images when they hear the term monkeypox, those are the racists. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.